0: So, I think it's it's worth noting, before we go any further, that none of us are experts. We are nowhere near close to being classified as experts. If anything, we would be classified as casual fans. Perfect. Yes, hello everyone. How's it going, Monster Crack? My name is Michael, and welcome back to another episode of the McLev Podcast. And in this episode, it's the... Formula One 2021 season preview, an episode in which I will have many guests joining me, two of which join me right now in person. Uh, their second appearance on the podcast, my two brothers, Kieran and Connor. What's the crack, boys? Well, how's, how's it going? All good. Welcome back to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. I'm sure it is. Nah, that's so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be previewing the Formula One 2021 season. And later in the episode, I have two pre-recorded guests, uh, two friends of mine, Ashling and Morgan, who will be coming on to give their predictions and their opinions about everything F121. So the season is nearly upon us it's uh we're recording this friday night just ahead of qualifying as you'll hear later on uh i recorded a few days ago with morgan and ashling just before practice had started and uh yeah we're we're all very excited we're all looking forward to the season and and what it's going to bring uh how we're going to run through this is what we all have some predictions or expectations that we'll want to talk about and want to share um and we'll start maybe myself and connor or, or kieran and then we'll move on to the guests before bringing it back and tying things up here in what is McLaugh H Q or the kitchen? <laughs> so, Connor. Yeah. Big Red Bull fan. Yeah. Is this the year? No,
1: it'll be close, but um, though Mercedes will just run away
0: with it in the end. So we've seen to start things off. Um, and can you seen this today as well? Just <clears> on <throat> the first day of practice, uh, there's been. Not problems for Mercedes, but, you know, they've been a lot slower than people expected. Uh, other teams have been faster. Red Bull, McLaren were faster. Uh, how much of this uh, do you think is sort of mind games for Mercedes to, you know, let people think that they're, they've are fallen behind or that, you know, given teams knowledge enough, that they're further ahead than what they actually are? I don't think they want to
1: show off their true speed in either test or practice. They'll let it go in qualifying and then you'll see... Hamilton or Bottas on pole tomorrow. Do you
0: expect them to be on pole? Yet? Yeah, one of them, and then. If not one of them, if not both of them, sorry. Who do you expect the other two positions to be filled by? Um, for Stopping, and I'll say Lando Norris. Do you think, uh, McLaren's practice pace is representative of how fast they actually are, or are they just they've been in Bahrain this long? They've adjusted well to the circuit. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think that that mixture is? Um. The new power unit, the Mercedes power unit, they were quick last
1: year, but I think they can be even quicker this year to go, I don't think they can get third again. I think they'll be, they'll start the season strong and then they'll have a couple of accidents and other teams will catch <clears> up to them,
0: <throat> but this weekend i can see them getting the podium. So I think it's, it's worth noting before we go any further that none of us, are experts, we are nowhere near close to being classified as experts. If anything, we would be classified as casual fans um, people that just want to have a bit of a conversation about the cars, about the races, uh, and hopefully interact with other people who enjoy doing the same. Uh, we've made our own predictions ahead of the season uh, and picked out some of the races that we're looking forward to. Uh, Kieran, what's sort of some of the things that you're looking forward to ahead of this season?
2: Don't, like I don't really know, just having it back, having something to watch. Um now, some days are good again. Yeah, some days are worth worth it. <laughs> um it's gonna be a closer competition, that's for sure, because obviously the cars have been upgraded yet again. Um McLaren obviously has the new power unit, uh new drivers and different teams, so it'll be good to see how they perform under that sort of pressure. Uh, obviously we'll <clears> have <throat>
0: we'll mentioned McLaren quite a bit. Uh, they're one of the probably more popular teams because of this new driver lineup obviously ferrari a new driver lineup as well uh how do you think danny rick's gonna fare um at McLaren alongside lando Norris?
2: good because he's been aging to get that stronger unit that stronger better performance vehicle or better performing team in general and like i think he's got the skill set to actually go ahead and do something with it. So,
0: a question to both of you. Um, obviously, last season, um, I asked this to the people listening at home, I asked this to Morgan and to Aisling later in the podcast as well. Um, So, forgive me if you hear it uh, repeated several times, but I'm, I'm interested to get everybody's opinion. So, Mercedes have done seven in a row. Hamilton is a seven-time world champion. He's going for the record eighth and to be what many will class in as the greatest driver of all time. Uh, can he do it can Mercedes do it can Mercedes go for 8 in a row can Hamilton go for 8 world titles Connor?
1: Hamilton yeah both
0: you think uh, Mercedes and Hamilton yeah, do it again I think
1: they've they've bluffed their way out of here that people think they're going to be slow Um, they'll just they'll find their fate a bit in the season
2: and just keep going Kieran, uh, I think it's just a given that they will like they've just been outperforming obviously the past 7 seven seasons or whatnot, but, like, yeah, somebody with a, of Hamilton's skill set and calibre, then I definitely think he'll go, go for the eighth. Is, is it a case now more where you see
0: second as the real winners because you've been able to run closest to Mercedes in terms of, you know, constructors and drivers because realistically, as you said, most people accept it
2: to be given mm. that
0: Mercedes are going to win?
2: Aye. I think, I think first is, like, everyone's more, like, yeah, Mercedes has us, so whoever gets second. That's the they're, they're the real winners there, the real the real kind of champions between the other teams. And so, the midfielders they call it. Obviously this is a longer season. If all races go ahead, this'll be the longest season
0: in Formula One's history with twenty three races. We're revisiting Emola again in the second race of the season, in the third race of the season, back in Portugal, in Portimao, which was a fantastic race last season, the race in which Lewis Hamilton won his 92nd race uh, and obviously then towards the end of the season there is the first visit to Saudi Arabia to the Jeddah street track which is being touted as <coughs> pardon me, the, the fastest street track in Formula 1 history. Connor, you've sort of seen the layout of it, the, the projected track and what it might look like. Uh, yeah. what, what, are, what are some of your early thoughts about that track and sort of the calendar in general?
1: Um, The track is going to be very quick. Um, it's I think it's gonna be more suited the, Sonoda Alphatore <clears throat> because he's a quick driver. Um, he's one of the smaller ones, and we saying that he doesn't restrict the airflow on top of the car, with his height, so the car goes a bit quicker with him in it. Mm-hmm. So I think that track suits him being small. He can go quick, and I think he can do well on that one. The calendar, I like Portugal last year, and happy to see that one back.
0: Um. <clears throat> obviously, there'll be the first visit to Amsterdam, not Amsterdam, but the Netherlands, as well to the Zandvoort track. Obviously, they've raced there in the Netherlands years ago, but this track was skipped out last year because of COVID. They're hoping to have the full calendar back. Karen, is there any race in particular that you're particularly you know looking forward to, or or, or can't wait to sit down and watch
2: the um, Spielberg. That's the Austria, Austria. Austria one, yeah, Spielberg in Austria and Spa in the Belgium because. I don't know, there's two well-known tracks and two ones that I like the best. So, yeah, definitely <clears> them <throat> Obviously, a lot of our experience
0: in the past three months of Formula 1 has come from the the game because yeah. <laughs> Formula 1 has has been gone. Uh, so, would you say that a lot of your likeness
2: for those tracks come from playing in the game? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah, 100%. Because that's the one that I would be on the most or like be more familiar with. I like um, Monza yeah. and Magello, I like both of them. Um, as well obviously because yes. they were action-packed this year like so yeah. i'm hoping that's kind of the same yeah obviously unfortunately Magellan will not be there this year because it was a special track oh, okay. for last year
0: and um, just because of COVID. but uh, i think it's time now to get into to get into the important stuff to get into the predictions the sort of stuff that we've been talking about over the past three months and the ideas and formulations that we have gathered in the hopes that they'll play out in front of our eyes over the next Nine months, uh, we'll sort of we'll we'll, we'll go round the table here, uh, picking sort of between us, um, maybe doing one at a time. Uh, Connor, I know you have quite a few noted down that you would maybe like to share first. Is there anything yeah. in particular that you would like to to go with? Um, the three podiums for Donny Rick in the season,
1: new, new car, <clears throat> new engine for McLaren. I think he that'll suit him. He's wanted it for a while. A quick car. Yeah. I think he can get three podiums
0: or more. Do you think over the course of the entire season, he outperforms Lando Norris? Um, because obviously of, three podiums, three podiums is a lot. You yeah. know, um, for Norris to outperform Ricardo with Ricardo get... still having three podiums, you know, that's that's a lot of work yeah. for Lando Norris.
1: Um, it'll be very close. Lando knows the can more than Ricardo, but well, Lando's been quick today yeah. in practice um, but I think it'll just <clears throat> how, how lucky or unfortunate <clears throat> to get with the QR for the season high um, uh, durability yeah. I think
2: that um, Lando he'd perform better in like, qualifying like get better pole mm-hmm. positions for yeah. like, each starting race but Danny Rick will <coughs> definitely yeah Um. so oh.
0: speaking of pole positions and being first on the grid um, one of my predictions and I suppose it's a bit of a hot take it's a bit of a and out there one is that uh, I believe Max Verstappen of Red Bull will have more pole position starts than Valtteri Bottas of Mercedes. Um, I think based on what we've seen so far Red Bull have a fast car we've mentioned 101 times already that we don't think Mercedes have shown their true speed but I just think that unfortunately for Bottas he doesn't get that support within the team that he deserves and Red Bull as we all know are all in on Max Verstappen and I just, I think this is a season where he really shows that he's taken the stride to be the next main challenger towards Lewis Hamilton and towards that world championship. Uh, ahead of this week's race, just one of my predictions, I think that the final podium, the final classification will have three different teams on the podium. Uh, like we saw at the end of FP2 today, there was three different teams. There was McLaren, Mercedes and Red Bull. Uh whether or not it's those three teams come Sunday evening, I don't know, but I do feel like we will have uh, a mixed uh, a mixed podium and something quite different compared to what we're usually seeing. Because, you know obviously for the course of last season a lot of it was just two Mercedes and a Red Bull or two Mercedes and an outsider. So that's uh that's why I see this this race this weekend going. Connor, uh what is your next prediction or hot tech? Um well, I
1: have Lando to get on the podium at Boréin at the weekend. Mm-hmm. But the, the other big one is Fernando Alando to win a race. To win a race, okay. In his I, <coughs> return for he, the Alpine car. I think he's a very experienced driver that he can get lucky last year like Pierre Gasly did on Monza. He can just find one of them races, everything just goes in his favour. Mm-hmm. And he can he can win
0: a race. Over the course of the season, and I don't want to spoil anything for... Uh, myself and Morgan's conversation later in the podcast uh, but I'll pose the same question to you that he sort of threw that stipulation out there. Uh, do you think Alonso beats Esteban Ocon over the course of the season? 100%. 100%. I, yeah, he has uh-huh. you
1: you uh-huh. much more experience than Ocon. It'll take him
2: a couple of races to get into it but he's he's going to be beating him every race. I I think everyone's going to say yes because obviously Alonso, he's got, he's one of the biggest names. within then F one, he's more experienced. But I think that Esteban Ocon has like the the need for speed and like the, the actual fight in him to actually go for it. So once he gets back into the cars, Connor and that instinct will sort of kick in. But, oh yeah, yeah. So just, you know once once Ocon gets like the hang of things after the first maybe few races, I don't know, but he'll definitely. I think over the course of the season, you'll see. He might perform Alonso. Um, anything else over the course of the season that do you feel like you want to predict or you want to maybe have a bit of a guess at? I feel that va- Vettel. Yeah. He'll. I think he'll have a few um, uh, podiums. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, and definitely, um, definitely with Danny Rick, I think he'll definitely have a few. Yeah, podiums. Podium. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: suppose yes. I mean, obviously, last year that that racing point, now the Aston Martin uh was an extremely quick card that they get unfortunately towards the end of the season with a few I nearly called them injuries, a few issues that uh caused them uh to fall to fourth in the constructors uh as opposed to the third, which it seems certain to be heading for. Uh, Vettel, a great addition, obviously because four time world champion, you know, he knows what he's doing. Uh this is sort of a fresh start, a new lease of life for him after that sort of torrid last year in Ferrari. Um I think as well, you know, he'll he'll have a podium definitely, um, one or two over the course of the season, but I don't know how dominant or how much further up the grid he can go. You know, I don't think he's going to be a a
2: consistent or a regular challenger. It'll just take a while to see. Like we'll go, we'll we'll not know based off this weekend or the <clears> next race. So we'll just take a few races, obviously, to see who's come out from the start performing well and see if they can keep it up the whole season. Like, but um. I don't think this Sunday is going to be a true reflection of how everyone's going to do, like, because it's obviously only the first race. Yeah, and um, it's worth noting
0: that I think a a red <coughs> or heard earlier, pardon me. I don't think Lewis Hamilton's won the opening race of the season for the past six seasons. Yeah, it's been Bottas the last two seasons. So I mean, yeah. pe- pe- people will see if obviously Hamilton doesn't win on Sunday. You know, people might start to freak out and say that you know obviously Red Bull this is their year. Depending on who wins, obviously, mm-hmm. um. But as you say, there's 22 races still to go, and it's a bit certain to jump to conclusions. So I think what we'll do is we'll go around the table, maybe once once more, a couple more predictions, and then we'll move on to our guests. Connor, what's what have you got up next? It's one that the more I think of it, the more I start regretting predicting it. Right, let's it's... hear it. Now, do, bear in mind, this is going out before yep. the season. This will be here <laughs> but come I December when the championship is being decided. Do you it? want to
1: say this? Yeah. If I don't say it, it will happen. Yeah. It'll be Aston Martin to finish third in constructors. Aston Martin to finish third. So the, okay. they, they haven't looked good to start with. Yeah, they've been shaky, but once they get going as well, I the it shouldn't really be a change of a cure from last season. No, massively. It, you know. it was really quick last season. Um, it was a pink Mercedes last season. It's just be a green one this one. This one yeah. this season. So it should just be same on and.
0: Anything else? Think.
1: Speak now or forever hold your peace for the rest <laughs> of the season. Um, George Russell will make a Q three appearance. Q three. What about points at the end of the race? I think we can get one or two points for
2: the season. Um, just the one or two. Yeah, they, they I mean, had, he had, they he had, had zero back. last year. Well, who was he? He was Will Williams. He still he is. Is. Oh, he still is. Oh well, Williams mm. and Haas won't have many points, but yeah. I think Williams can beat
1: Haas. They'll just be quicker. Yeah.
0: Um Kieran, one or two more predictions as I said to Connor speak now. Haas. I um I don't think Haas are gonna finish last. Now that's, that's a that's sure. that's a bold statement because it's openly been said, you know, online loads. You know, we yeah. were even talking before we start recording that. Haas are predicted to be a really bad team
2: this year. Even the team principal said they're not developing the QR. Uh, well they're not they're not like the greatest. I'm not gonna say they're gonna finish within like the top like the top whatever like five like yeah. you know what i mean but like i'm, I'm just saying that i don't think they'll finish last um but yeah i think i think they'll they'll show themselves anyway, I what, i'm going to put a wee proposition down to you here
0: on the podcast and so everybody can hear and everybody if they're so pleased can revisit come december a budget 10 pounds sterling right now that has do not finish last in the table or sorry that has to finish Did they do finish yeah. okay so, you That's believe it. they will? Are b- you no, believe, I believe they won't? It. I yeah. believe they will. Yeah. Right, check it. Okay. <laughs> there is an audio-visual agreement of us shaking hands, a £10 uh, <laughs> bet for those batting people out there. So, my couple of predictions just before, as I said, we move on to the guests. Um, I've sort of said a couple of them there. Uh, one that I just, I don't know why, I have a feeling, I think Lewis Hamilton's going to have at least, maybe, I don't say at least, probably, at most, two DLFs throughout the season um, just car issues or whatever I just think there will be cause for him to pull out of the race and I know that's not really anything that you can predict I just feel like it's something I can see happening that's not really performance related in terms of the driver it's not his fault but um, yeah the big one I think is I think that second place uh, for the constructors will be decided on the last day of the season in uh, Abu Dhabi at the Yard mm-hmm. Marina Circuit um. Now I know there seems to be a clear gulf. There's Mercedes Red Bull, and then there's the rest. Uh I know that, and I know by saying that a lot, I might sound very stupid to a lot of people. But again, I like to put away hot take a bit of a crazy opinion in there, just to spice things up a bit. Um. So yeah, last day of the season, because last day of the season last year it determined third. This year, I think it goes one step further, and I think it decides second place. So. Connor, who's your driver to watch for the season? Max Verstappen. Ciarán. Donnie Ricardo. I'm going to pick either... You know what? I'll, I'll just go with Yuki Sinoda, as you we were mentioning earlier, about the rookie. Mm. Um, Don't know whether I'm jumping on board. A hype train or whatever. Uh, as I said, I don't follow him. What's F1 social media? So I could be saying things that people are quite frankly laughing at. And if that's the case, do let me know on the social medias at the McLav podcast on Instagram and at I did on Twitter and of course when this episode gets uploaded I'll tag the boys in their socials as well. So moving on to the first guest of the episode, a friend of mine uh, from work, a friend of mine uh, for many years and a massive Formula One fan, Ashley Dixon and her thoughts and opinions on the season coming up. And so, welcoming in the first guest of the episode is a friend of mine, a friend of mine that I work with, and someone who is a massive F1 fan, not just of anybody in particular, but you could actually say perhaps the entire grid. Someone that idolises anyone that's ever sat and ever will sit in a Formula One seat. Ashley, what is the crack? It's crack How's it's things? Here. All good, all good. So. Just uh, ready uh, to talk and. Get your, get your opinions and your, and your feelings out there. Uh, how how you feeling about the, you know this, this season coming up? Just briefly. I am briefly. absolutely
3: buzzing. I, the only way I can describe me about this season, like, I cannot wipe the smile off my face this week and work, because just seeing, like, Mick Schumacher put a picture up um, earlier of him doing a grid walk and stuff, you know, just walking on the, not the grid walk, track walk, and, oh my God, just seeing Mick on the track Raddy for his
0: first week in F one, I'm just so emotional. So that's got my buzz, and I'm just seeing all the build up again, you know, for the first race of the season has got my particular five buzzing. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say, um, yourself and your family are massive F1s fans, F F1 one fans and you have been for years, you know, there's your dad and your brother who every Sunday during the season are glued to the T V. There's no taking you away from it um what what sort of what sort of race day like in, in your house and how sort of do you uh, get into formula one
3: well my dad has like followed formula one like from from as long as i know like you know every sunday in the house was always race day you know even when i was a uigur like when my brother and jerry came around for his dinner and stuff the race was always on in the background you know we were waiting our Sunday dinner and the TV was turned up a bit louder so we could hear what was happening on the track while we were waiting. and then like you know if one of the commentators were shouting then the plates, the knives and would down and they were running in to see what was going on you know. A, um, Race day is a, it's a good day in the house so it is and I, I got a bit more into it than like this scene because of Covid and stuff you know I didn't really have much to do so I just took off watching it more and more. So. I have now tortured Madan Navin about the um coming up season and the last season and stuff. You know, it's like race day can't go to office till this time because the race is on, or we have to be back in time for the race and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a big day.
0: In the house. So uh, uh, it's I think it's fair to say that you're you sort of as you said about COVID, you, you became over invested, not over invested, but a lot more invested. Um. And I mentioned at the start, you know, you're a fan of everybody that's on the grid. Um, what, what? Uh, obviously, when COVID struck, everybody talked to online. There was the Twitch streams between every, everybody. Uh, how did you enjoy that? Enjoyed it, yeah. Um, I
3: didn't really, like, I knew that the race had been cancelled in Australia and Australian stuff. And then, like, the whole season was, like, kind of, you know, up in smoke. So, it was like, oh, my God, there's not going to be any Formula One. Like, what's what's this year gonna be like. So then when the, um, watching all the drivers do what the, just what they were doing, like getting on like normal people whenever everybody else was in lockdown, they were just feeling the same. So watching them was on Twitch, you know, George and Lando and stuff and they were all getting on like just normal fellas. This that was really like really cool to see, you know. But um then when yeah, like Austria race and all came on then I started to get into it a bit more and took off. Like, started
0: following Lando a little bit more and um, then, like, started to support McLaren after that. Then, so looking back to last season, then uh, obviously, Mercedes champions again, Lewis Hamilton champion again. Uh, a great season for McLaren that you mentioned you supported. Uh, what was sort of uh, your thoughts and feelings about last season?
3: Being in the middle of a pandemic, you know what Formula One did achieve and all the races that they did get, it was unreal. You know they gave us like basically a full season and so many months. Um, it was very entertaining. Some of the tracks were just class. Some of the races were like memorable, memorable races like Monza and um, Austria as well. It was pretty memorable because it was Lando's first podium, Monza. And Turkey. They were kinda of my favourite races yeah. of the whole season. But for a player at Lewis Hamilton for getting his um championship again. Not a big fan
0: of him like, but you know you have to give him credit and credit to you. So. so he's back again this year. There was a bit of contract, uh, I wouldn't call it drama. You know, they just sort of left it late to get things done. He's coming back, he's gonna have a go at World Championship number eight and obviously F one twenty twenty one is starting this Sunday uh, and you mentioned uh, how excited you are. Um, what sort of your thoughts, you, we've just finished testing we're a couple of days away from qualifying here now when we're recording this um, like, I know you're excited but uh, what what are you sort of feeling about about the grid and the drivers going into it?
3: Um, I have put it down to Max when in the first race so I have um, just watching testing and I know everybody's you know, thinking the same thing that Mercedes is sandbagging and you know playing mind tricks on us and all, but they obviously, well, they're not obviously, but I think they are too. But I don't know. I just I'm gonna put it down to Max winning the first race of the season. I don't know who else um um is going to be in the top three. Probably a Mercedes, but um I definitely think we're going to see Max on top of the podium.
0: Uh, it's looking that way. The bookies are saying that as well for anybody that enjoys a wee bet. Uh, you can get Max for stopping at the late price to win the Grand Prix this weekend. Uh, sort of looking through the rest of the calendar then, I mean, we're going back to Imola in the second race of the season. Uh, you know, they revisited it because of COVID last year. And in the third race, they're back in Portugal for Portimao and then later in the season the second last race of the year is in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for the first time ever in what's being deemed as the fastest street circuit on the calendar or ever. Uh, how do you feel about these sort of new uh, different tracks that we're not so used to seeing being brought back into the calendar? Um, I actually really liked the Imola
3: race as well on the Portimao. I was actually really really glad to hear it was coming back too. It's nice to like see different tracks um on like different locations and stuff. So you know, it like spices the whole thing up a little bit as well. Um I don't know what this new track in Saudi Arabia is gonna be like. It looks wired up. Um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see who's gonna
0: come out and top in that one. So, it is. so we've had Obviously Mercedes dominance for years. Uh the sort of bottom three of Haas, Alfa Romeo and Williams has sort of been cut off, and then you're left with Red Bull tagging along at the top and then this midfield battle right in the middle between the rest of the teams. Um it's it's been pretty close. You know, last season was really close. Obviously McLaren securing third on the last race of the season. Uh this season coming up, uh It looks like it's going to be even closer. Perhaps maybe Ferrari might have a bit of their pace back going into the race. Uh, How do you see that sort of, and I know you're a McLaren fan, so be biased all you want or try to remove your bias. How do you see that sort of midfield battle playing out? Well, I have to correct you there,
3: Schmick. I always will be Ferrari. Ferrari is my guy. I stand corrected. Is that... A very special, special a uh, team the the Dixons, but um I don't know. I think McLaren definitely might get 30 in this season. Um, considering that they've got the Mercedes, like you know engine, yeah, miles. engine. Um, I don't really want
0: to sign too, too. Technical. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, maybe
3: McLaren. I don't know. I haven't actually picked my top ten in the constructors but um, I definitely think maybe Ferrari might, might be a little bit better this year than last year and um,
0: I think maybe Alphacar they might be good this year as well uh, How close do you think Red Bull can get to Mercedes this season? I think
3: a bit closer with um Perez now being on the team Um, it'll be interesting to see how him and Max get along and how they you know, basically work together as a team, or is it just going to be like the last two drivers who um, drove from Red Bull, but, um, I don't know, maybe they might be a little bit closer this year. Do you think, yeah,
0: do you think Red Bull are going to treat that second seat as differently now, because it's not a junior driver, it's not somebody coming up from... Tor Rosso or Alfa it's an experienced driver coming in who showed his creed and his quality, and is now a race winner. Um, do you think they'll try and balance it out a wee bit more, or do you think you know the the full preference, which clearly has been over the past couple of seasons, is still going to go to Max? I don't know
3: if they'll try. Um, I'd like to see them just do it. You know, I just think I don't really, I don't really see the whole one-two driver. Sometimes it does work and sometimes it doesn't, or you could have, you know, drivers working together to get their teams up to the top again, you know, in that way. But um hopefully that, you know, the like are treated sorta of the same, but I I have doubt that'll happen. considering watching Drive to Survive, so Yeah.
0: I doubt that will happen. Um, so speaking of which, uh season three just came out last week. Uh I assume you've you've benched the whole lot of it. You've finished it already. Um, what did you think of it? I liked it. So I mean, yeah, um, I
3: watched like five episodes of Friday night, and then just <laughs> watching the rest. Um, I did. I liked it. There was just you know the missed a few bits. You know the should Daphne covered George in Mercedes. Like that was just unbelievable. They should have definitely have had an episode dedicated to the Turkish Grand Prix. It was like one of the best races. Um, there was an episode. Well, like coming from me, I would have made the episode about Carlos and Rondo a bit more about like how their friendship and stuff sort of probably helped the team a wee bit more. You know. As supposed so, to
0: be at a detriment, yeah.
3: Yeah, as supposed to be in there. You know, this whole big drama and not. You know they're not besties or whatever. You know it's just you know they were caught used in false radio and stuff. Yeah.
0: As well. I know, think false Netflix, false you know, given given the masks and given the pandemic, have been given a wee bit more of a have taken a wee bit more of a creative license. You know because we can't lip read, because we don't know exactly what they're saying. They can drop in subtitles or audio wherever they want to make it look like a scenario, is different than what it is. Even the likes of qualifying and practice, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the Lando radio, you know, was used all over the place. So for for people that watch the season and for people that watch Formula One week in and week out, know that this has been dramatised, but I suppose the whole point of the Netflix side of things is to make it dramatic and to get more people into watching Formula One. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And
3: there's a lot of people that I, I have seen I've actually started watching the whole, like, season stuff because of Dreyfus 5, which is, like, is unreal, you know, that it's actually getting fans to yeah. watch the, like, the whole show, basically, um, which is great for, like, you know, views and film yeah. and whatever, but um, there's just a few things, that, like, coming from, like, my point of view that I would have definitely have changed to make it more real. No, when that like some of it is a bit like dramatic, but other than that, I did love the whole show. A um the best episode was definitely the you know, episode a um The Comeback kid about Pierre Gasly.
0: Yeah, the So we're finally here. The wait, uh, as you told me on the final day of the season was ninety days. We've finished it. Uh the countdown <laughs> is over. In that time I believe you've spent about a month's wages on a kit from just about every team making sure you know that every eventuality is covered of course Ferrari still being the number one in the heart Um, you're well decked out the time has now come as I said we're a couple of days away from qualifying uh, we've spoke about it uh, you and your family have spoke about it uh, you have some predictions in the bag and while we're on the podcast here I'm going to get you to maybe share one or two things that you think might happen this season, or things that you're willing to put out, put your neck on the line, and back with.
3: Other um, we're talking about the um, merchandise or whatever. I have just got my Max Verstappen baseball cap, so it didn't go down too well with the old bro. But <laughs> I, I personally love it. I think it's class. But um, listen, I love all the drivers. I buy any of their merch. Really, you know, I'm not gonna not to know that any merchandise, I am a sucker, so I am, they all own me, in a way, I have too much stuff, basically um, so my predictions I have them on my notes on my phone but I can't, I don't think I can actually get on them on my notes, so I don't um, I think one of my predictions was George to get Q3 at least two or three times, Yes. But, um.
0: And another one with a McLaren double podium. I definitely think that that could be a potential. That is a bold one. So I've, uh, I've got you sent them to me. And I have them saved here. Um, Would you like me to read out all five? Oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned a McLaren double podium. Uh, George, you get Q3 maybe twice. There's McLaren third in the Constructors. There's a Carlos podium in there, Carlos Sainz. Yep. Uh, said to win a race and another Lando podium. Yeah. Mm. So, well, like, you're a fan of McLaren? Is. Definitely. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I know I said a uh, McLaren double podium and then I said a Lando podium. But I mean, that sort of rolls into one. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Lando might get a podium on. So, uh, I'd love to that. Uh, before before we go, um, another yes. As another one. I was thinking about all week. I think <laughs> Pierre Gasly might get another podium. Do you think so? Yeah,
3: like I
0: don't know. He has just—he's just unreal. So that ties in. That ties in nicely. Um, you're you're one to watch. Your driver to watch for the season. Who's someone that you think people should be keeping an eye on for the season?
3: I like it. He's just—he's so like—it's just, it's so like, it's just so, it's just a coach for is. <laughs> and then he wrote this big like, article the other day. Yeah. And it's just, he's came through so much, you know, for like a fella his age and, you know, to see his friend die and then to go on the track like the day after or something. Yeah. It, like race, and then like go to Monza and win the race it was just, it was just amazing. Like it still, it still makes me emotional even thinking about it. Um, and then just I don't know. He's just he's a contender. Like he's definitely one to watch for me. so,
0: yeah. Super. So, I am no Martin Brundle. I am no. I, I don't think you know. I know everything, but yeah, I'm definitely going to keep. Listen. We're all allowed our opinion. This is what this podcast is about. To share the things that we feel might happen. And as we'll hear later in the podcast, Morgan, my friend from uni, oh. has his own opinions about what he thinks will happen. And as you've heard, you know, myself, Karen and Connor are giving our opinions as well. Uh, listen, Ashley, it's been so much fun. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. You finally made your way onto the McLaugh podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the podcast that, admittedly, you've had a lot of... Uh, Work in and helping me put it together. So, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the things that go out uh, have been your ideas as well. So, listen, enjoy this weekend, enjoy the race. And I mean, we'll be seeing each other a lot more frequently than just talking over a podcast, uh, yeah. simply because we'll work with each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, have a good weekend, and I will see you soon.
4: And it's lights out, and away we go.
0: So, moving on to my next guest is someone that I was actually met. In university, and someone who has a massive interest in Formula One, and actually, you know, does a bit of racing himself. Morgan, what's the crack with?
4: Yeah, I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, keeping well. Keeping well. How are you feeling about this season coming
4: up? No, it's definitely going to be interesting. Based off, uh, based off pre-season testing, this is one of the most. Uh, obviously, this is uh, one of the most. Uh, well, one of the most different starts to an F1 season we've had bar last year. Last year, of course, we had testing in Barcelona, and then everyone arrived in Australia. And then the morning of the of the morning of Friday or Saturday, uh, it was cancelled because that's when everything sort of kick, started kicking off uh, with COVID and everything. The McLaren member tested positive, and uh, the whole thing got cancelled. So now this year, testing's in Bahrain, which I don't think it's been testing. We may they may have tested there in the mid 2000s when it first came in, but I'm not too sure on that. But uh, This is the first time we haven't tested at Barcelona for a long time, so uh, hopefully it will make for some uh, more interesting uh, developments across the season.
0: Yeah, it's certainly been a bit different, as you said, compared to last season. Just looking back at last season, then, um, obviously Mercedes, champions again. Lewis Hamilton, champions again. Uh, I'm assuming that sort of all played out how you were expecting it to.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Mercedes are always, for the past uh, seven, seven years now, mercedes have been the top dogs uh and uh it seems like there's been no stopping them lewis Hampson especially he had that one season where rosberg um rosberg beat him in 2016 but uh i think uh i think that was a, that was definitely a one-off um that was by far uh, that was a really close championship fight and uh rosberg just had the edge but i think there were quite a few external factors that came into that season which haven't really come into uh, any of his other championship wins so um yeah, Hamilton's just been nigh-on unstoppable since uh, 2014, helped, of course, by the dominance of the Mercedes.
0: And obviously, being from England yourself, Hamilton your favourite driver?
4: Uh, he's, he's definitely a hero. He's definitely, uh, I think he gets a lot, I think we'll look back in the future at, at him as the greatest driver of all time, like we do at drivers like Schumacher and Senna. Uh, I think at the moment people are still caught up in that he only wins because he has the best car mentality. When of course Schumacher won most of his championships in the best car. No driver, with very very few exceptions, wins a championship not in the best car. So I think in ten twenty years, like we look at Schumacher now, people will look at Hamilton as the best driver of all time.
0: Yeah. Uh, so sort of looking ahead to this season now, um, you were mentioning their pre-season testing. Did anything sort of come
4: up in that that surprised you? Yeah. The, the the for for once we know we always know that the mercedes often sandbag which obviously means that they uh they don't show their full pace in testing so you can always take you you always have to take testing with a pinch of salt really but uh this season was different this season's testing in bahrain uh was def- very different obviously the first day we had that massive sandstorm which made for some epic pictures, uh, but not much running out on track and not really anything representative. But what was really interesting by the end of testing is that Mercedes, they were really struggling. And I think they actually completed the fewest laps out of any team, if I can read this here. Yeah, they completed only 304 laps, which is the least out of any team. Uh, The car really looked unstable. It was all over the place. Hamilton spun a couple of times. Bottas, I may have had a couple of incidents as well. Either way, that car has not looked... Although they sandbag every year, this year was different. They've uh, they've actively struggled with the car rather than uh, just not being the fastest like they normally are.
0: Now, we know there's a lot of mind games goes on in Formula 1. There's a lot of sort of trying to get one up on each other. Um, this idea, the, the sandbagging, you're talking about the, the poor performance in Bahrain and the testing. Uh, do you think there's an element of mind games here? You know, they never show their full hand. They did have a pretty poor run out you know with the spins and stuff that you're talking about do you think things have gone that wrong in the past three months that they do find themselves behind or uh, like, is this my games?
4: i think it's a comp- i think i think that car although it looks unstable i think it it would probably still be one of if not the fastest um i'm not sure what could have possibly happened unless they've gone in a radical new direction which i don't see why they would have um which had changed the complete philosophy of the car, which I seriously doubt. But we've seen strange things happen as a result of testing. I, I still would expect you can never discount Mercedes from being at the top. But uh, this season was, uh, for all those hoping for a bigger championship fight, this is the biggest signal we've got from pre-season testing since uh, since the start of Mercedes dominance. So hopefully, although I'd I'd like to see Mercedes still at the top, I'd like to see them at the top battling with uh, Red Bull and maybe, you know, maybe another car can sneak in there as well.
0: So that's a nice way tease that you've just put out there. This season going forward, Mercedes, Red Bull, what are your expectations for the rest of the field?
4: Well, it's very difficult to make an expectation at the moment. One thing I'm, I'm pretty certain of is that Haas will be dead at the bottom. I really think that they're going to struggle this year. They've basically confirmed that they're going to have no development throughout this season. Uh, the only development they've they've had is last season and going into this season. They're not going to have barely any uh, investment or development going forward. So I think they're pretty, if you're a betting man, I'm pretty sure that they're a safe bet to be uh, at the back of the field for the season. I then probably put Williams ahead of them. I think they're going to improve from last year and especially George Russell. He's probably my favourite driver at the moment. I think he is one of the strongest drivers on the grid. Latifi is an underrated driver for sure he's he's decent he's he's nothing he's not special he's not a uh, world championship contender in any point of his career at my view but uh, he's definitely underrated he can do a job in that Williams uh, ahead of them I'd probably put Alfa Romeo I think those three are the, were the three bottom three last season really those were the ones that were uh, fighting with each other but I think the order will shuffle slightly since so obviously last season for the majority of it it was Alfa Romeo, yeah. then Haas, then Williams, I think this season it'll still be Alfa Romeo, but I think Williams will be much closer to them, but Haas will be right at the back.
0: So moving up further into the pack in this midfield battle, this battle for third, uh, obviously last year went right down to the wire, a uh, racing point had a few unfortunate incidents in the second to last race which sort of scuppered their chances, um, Yeah. Um, how do you see that sort of battle for third, the rest of the midfield then? you
4: know out this year. Yeah, so obviously we've then got 7th out of the 10. Uh it's really difficult because these teams were separated by so little last year. I still would probably put Alpha Tauri at the bottom there of that of that group of the midfield. I think they're a really solid team. I really like both their drivers. Peter Gasly is one of my favorite on the grid. Uh Yuki Tsunoda I think he's a really promising talent, especially after an amazing F2 season last year. I think he's a, uh, he's a real deal and I think he will uh, have a really strong first season. I just think that that car, although it's obviously it's a race winning car now, last season it won at Monza. That was obviously under very, very, uh, different and, uh, exotic right, circumstances yeah. that no one, that, uh, very rarely happens, which obviously boosted them up quite a bit last season. Obviously getting 25 points. Uh, I don't know if we'll see them win a race again, but they can definitely... They're Alpha, Alpha Tauri, sorry, Tauri, as they were formerly known as Toro Rosso, they've always been a team that can capitalise, especially when, obviously, Sebastian Vettel won his first race at Monza in a Toro Rosso uh, in 2008. Uh, they obviously have the potential for something special, but maybe that is just a once-in-a-decade sort of thing. So I'd probably put them at the bottom of that midfield battle. Then I, I personally think it's too close to choose out of the rest so i won't order them but i will put i'll put my i'll put ferrari ahead of alfa tauri uh, i think they're going to improve i think they're going to have a relatively strong season they're, i think their driver Perry is one of the strongest on the grid but we, it's yet to be seen if they've solved the issues they have last season they think, seem to think they have so maybe i'm being a little bit harsh but i guess we'll only know once uh once we're well into the season uh then there's going to be a really interesting battle between alpine uh aston martin and mclaren aston martin obviously known as racing point last season aka the pink mercedes uh lots of teams in uh trying to get them uh trying to catch them out and trying to uh, ha- uh investigations trying to protest their uh, parts and trying to get them basically disqualified and penalized obviously nothing came of it uh how much people uh, believe it's it is a carbon copy or whatever? That's uh, down to the people now because it has been uh, ruled by the FAA that it was not um, their Mercedes intellectual property that they stole. Um, but it's really difficult to put out. If I'm going to pick a winner of the midfield battle, I would probably this season I'd pick McLaren. I think they've got probably the strongest lineup out of the uh, out of those three teams. Um, I think McLe- uh, Norris and Ricciardo are an incredibly strong driver pairing. Uh, I think people underestimate Norris. I think he's I I think he's underrated and overrated at the same time. Lots of people uh hype him up but in the uh in the wrong sort of ways. Uh, he he is a very solid driver, but it's 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 difficult to uh, pinpoint his uh his rating really. Like I say he's not really overrated or underrated. He's sort of both at the same time. Uh, Ricciardo I think is an incredible driver I think he's absolutely brilliant and I think the McLaren they've made such good progress since Zach Brown came in uh, and since Alonso came out I think it's just been an upward slope for them and I think they're going to uh, keep improving this year especially with this really strong lineup um, I'd probably put Aston Martin behind them but I think them and Alpine will be really close I think they both have uh, solid progress over the last few years, especially uh, Aston Martin rocketing up last year with uh, with uh, Racing Point. I think that losing Perez is a big is a blow for Aston Martin. Obviously, they didn't lose him; they got rid of him for Vettel. Uh, and Vettel is sort of a is uh, an unknown at this point, really, because he was so good for Red Bull back in the day, but he has uh, really struggled since uh, the hybrid era. So maybe if this car suits him more. Like, uh, like the old Red Bull did. Maybe this will car will suit him, and he'll be able to uh, get back to his best if it works out. It's a genius move by them to get a four-time world champion in and replace Sergio Perez, who is one of the strongest drivers on the grid. Lance Stroll is Lance Stroll is very underrated. I think. I think he's a solid driver. He's not just a pay driver. Everyone in F one has some sort of backing to get there. Um, He's incredibly underrated. I think I don't think he's on Vettel or Perez's level, but I think he's only going to get better. He's only 23, maybe he's re- just turned 24. He's still in his early 20s. He's definitely got improvement to come, and I think he's in. Uh, I think he's definitely an underrated candidate. Alpine. I think they have the weakest. This is a, this is probably my hot take. Is that uh, Alpine have the weakest lineup out of those three? Okay. I think Alonso. I think being out of F1 for 2 years at his age he's I think he's over 40 now. Uh may have just turned 40. At his age, I think he's a was a world-class driver and he deserved more titles than his two that he had at Renault. He definitely deserved titles at Ferrari. Made a couple of wrong career decisions moving to McLaren, then moving uh yeah, moving to McLaren was a uh, definitely in retrospect the wrong move, but he's always sort of uh He's, he's been cursed with bad luck with his decisions, but obviously you could blame that down to his decision-making. But I just think at this point, I think him and Ocon will be a similar level. I think, I think basically Alonso will do well to match Ocon because I actually quite rate Ocon. I think he had a poor season, but obviously he had a year out after being dropped by Racing Point. Um, but I, th- I think Ocon has uh, has very good potential and could, uh, and could challenge Alonso more than people think.
0: So, just to go back there, Ferrari, um, do you think they'll rediscover
4: their pace from 2019? Well, what they want, 2018, they had a championship potential winning car, for sure. 2018 was their best shot of a championship since the early 2010s, if not the uh, the late mid to, mid to late 2000s. Obviously, they haven't won a championship. Be, if they don't win a championship this year, it'll be 14 years since they last won the world championship. Uh, Were well, the drivers' world championship, so uh, I think they're on. The, I think they're probably on the right track because they had such a bad year last year. Obviously, the main reason for their pace in 2019 was that amazing engine, which then was restricted by the FAA. Having uh, obviously they didn't come out with why they restricted it, but it's pretty. Uh, it's theorized and probably accurately theorized that it was a bit dodgy. It wasn't. It was in the line between. Legal and illegal so they had to restrict it for this year hence why they didn't they obviously didn't disqualify them from 2019 but they weren't allowed to continue with the same engine this year so there's some uh, there's some blurred lines on what happened with their engine and it exposed that the car is basically absolutely crap because obviously alfa romeo Haas, and ferrari all have ferrari engines and last season they all had a significant drop off especially uh in areas and especially in power so uh it's pretty clear that the restriction of the ferrari engine was a big factor last year so if they can work their way up to having a decent engine again because if it, i think personally the ferrari uh, was the weakest engine last year i think that this year if they've got to be at a relatively okay level maybe around the renault honda level of the engine quality then maybe they'll uh They'll have an improvement. I think they will improve from last season. I don't think you can get much worse than last season. That it was absolutely awful. And if, you, as we've seen from their reveal, the car does look pretty different in certain areas, in the in the way of the nose shape, and uh, and hopefully that's a sign of some improvement to come, and we can see Ferrari on a slow increase back to the top of the field.
0: So you mentioned there about your hot tech with, with Alpine. Um, anything else? Any other unpopular opinions while well, I have you here that you want to, you want to put out there ahead of the season?
4: Any unpopular opinion? Hmm. I'm not sure. I think most of my I think most of my <laughs> opinions are I think most of my opinions are right. So, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, no, obviously, I I I will concede some things. Uh, I used to I used to think that Vettel was incredibly overrated, uh, but now I've sort of I've come to accept him a bit more and accept what he did, and uh, I'm a now I'm now quite a big I like him as a person now I think he's I, I really think he's box office I think he's absolutely quality on the camera and uh I think he's a really really nice guy and I think he deserves more because Ferrari drained so much from him I think he deserved more uh from uh, from F1 basically so that that was my hot take a couple of years ago especially when he it could definitely be argued that he bottled the uh, 2018 world championship with that spin at Hockenheim and uh Ferrari definitely had the potential to win that championship, but you can never say uh, what could have been. Maybe something else would have happened if he didn't have that spin. Uh, my other hot takes. I don't know. I think. I think the Mercedes livery is is, is rubbish this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't like the uh, AMG sticker bomb on the back. I re- I really like the uh, the Alpine and the Alfa Romeo liveries. I think they're my they're my top two this year. Williams is, is grown on me, but it it's uh, it's definitely not as good as last last year's Williams livery was really, really clean. This year it's a bit of a mess. Uh, Alpha Tauri's livery, I think, is definitely a downgrade on last year too. I think last year's was a, a really good starting point for the team, especially because I think the Toro Rosso livery was uh, absolutely beautiful before they turned to Alpha Tauri. So I thought last year was a decent starting point for the team. This year, I think they've gone backwards with the livery slightly, but I can see why people like them. And... Uh, Apart from that, I don't really have many hot takes at the moment. I guess throughout the course of the season, maybe we will. But my hottest take is that um, my bold prediction is that Ocon will beat Alonso.
0: And a pretty bold one that I don't think a lot of people will agree with you. Uh, Listen, Morgan, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate your expertise and your knowledge. You spoke across all teams there brilliantly. And hopefully the people listening have, have learned a few things from me.
4: Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on. Hope to be on again sometime.
0: No problem. Thanks. Go!
4: So once again a massive thank you to everybody that has been
0: involved in this episode to Ashling and to Morgan who are recorded with as I said earlier in the week and to with me here now Kieran and Connor. Lads thank you so much for getting involved. Very welcome. Yeah, no Very, um, and I do enjoy it. So we are probably 20 just over 24 hours away from Lights Out on Sunday. We're even less than that away from qualifying because we've left this so late to record but i want to give it as much time as possible just so we could uh how would you say gather the information we need but listen if you've listened uh this far into the podcast i thank you so much once again a reminder of the socials at the mclaugh podcast on instagram and at mclaughian 98 on twitter uh another sporting preview for another season ahead obviously on the premier league earlier this is the formula one so if there's any other sports you want me to cover do give me a shout and um, we'll get that done on the podcast. But once again, lads, thank you so much and I'll see you everybody in the next episode of the Nick Lad Podcast Perfect. That's